A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Welcome into the Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. This is Jay Coffin here alongside my trusty colleagues, Ryan Lavner and Rex Hoggard. Um, boys, we're going to talk a little bit about newsmakers, all right? The GolfChannel.com editorial team comes up with our top 10 newsmakers every year. We sit, we debate, we talk, we discuss, we vote, we throw out topics, and then we come up with such a strategic top 10 to just blow the doors off everybody in the golf world. So before we come up with that list, we're going to sit around and do what we've done every other year, but, but we're going to do it on this podcast. So I think, obviously, when we're talking about anything, what, what the top newsmaker is like we have for anything over the last 20-plus years, we go straight to Tiger Woods, right? So let's go ahead and get Tiger Woods out of the way. Biggest member, the, the things you're going to remember most about him, winning? Well, winning. Rex, you've seen every one of them, right? You've been to every, every event this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's winning, but it's the way he did it. You know, we, we, we talked about this a little while ago, Lavner and I did, and it's, it's the arc of the whole comeback. It's the idea that when you started the season, we had all of these unknowns. You, you, we'd seen it before. There was a lot of skepticism. I didn't have very high expectations. You didn't know how his He didn't have very high expectations. He didn't have very high expectations. And just the way everything fell into place, I mean, he, he tested himself week in and week out on a different level. It was make the cut. It was make the cut in back-to-back weeks. It was try working on your game, trying to get his swing something closer to where he wanted to be. He puts himself into contention at the Valspar Championship. All of these different steps that ended up at this sort of storybook finish at Eastlake with the victory. It's impossible. Look, we, we've sat here every year that I've been here, and it's been Tiger Woods, I'm sure, every single year for a lot of different reasons. This year is completely different. It was entertaining. It was enlightening. You've never seen this side of Tiger Woods before. I mean, all of these things made it a very, very special year for him. He's been defying expectations since 1996, but I think this just blew his mind what he was capable of doing. If we, if we did, if we went back and looked at the podcast that we did at this time last year. We're like, oh, you know, if, if Tiger can just play four times right. or, you know, if, you know, maybe he contends on a weekend, that'd be a successful year. If you're going by those expectations, his year, if you're grading it, was an A++++. plus plus plus. It was almost, you hate to, word, to use the word impossible, but it was damn near improbable it was very the much way improbable. that he played this year. Yeah. I think he would completely agree with that just because direct you saw him in the Bahamas in December. It was just so eye-opening how much speed he had, how healthy he looked, more importantly, how happy he looks. I think anyone who is paying attention, you got a little bit excited just thinking about what 2018 could bring. The fact that he was able to win a tournament 
was unbelievable. The fact that he almost won two majors, probably could have won mm -hmm. two majors, was just unbelievable. So I think when you're looking ahead now to 2019, I think everything's back on the table. I think 82's back on the table. If he can maybe pick one off. I don't know that 18's back on the table quite yet. If he, I'm not if he can to go pick, that far If yet. he can pick off a major in 2019, I think you can certainly make a case that it's not out of the realm of possibilities like maybe it had been over the last couple of years. Sure. You could make, you'd be wrong, but you could make, but you could make the case. It's still highly unlikely. But you it's can, more likely you can now than case. it was a year ago. Yes, you can which make is, the case that which it could hard be back to on the table. And you know what? Also, too, thinking about it is, you're right. It's funny you mentioned that about, like, go back and see what we'd be saying a year ago. Go back and, and even say what we were saying at the, even the U.S. Open. You remember how bad he looked at the U.S. Open? Like, if you're talking about... He'd, like at, least, we, he'd at least flashed at that point. No, I, I yeah. agree. I agree. But I remember, I think Will Gray even wrote it. You know, he, I'm just. You know, I think he wrote for a website that I'm just not prepared to see to to think that this guy can contend at a U.S. Open ever again because of how bad he looked. Yeah, that one didn't. Right? That one didn't age well. It did not age well. No, but but the point <laughs> is that was out there as recently as just a few months ago, and then it goes at the Open, the PGA, you know, wins the Tour Championship, looks like an old man again at the Ryder Cup, but we had some. We had the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows all in about 10 months, which was just terrific, and that's why he's always going to be the guy. And he, the way he embraced the moments, we had never seen that in his career. We, yeah. The way him coming across the bridge at the PGA Championship with just those thousands and thousands of fans adoring him and him actually acknowledging them. And I think there was a moment where, from an emotional standpoint, he never allowed himself to do that in his career. Yeah. It was always the blinders were to up. take it in. He's never, yeah. And I think for him, it was an opportunity to see that, look, it wasn't that long ago, I was at a crossroads. I wasn't sure where. I was having to come to grips with the idea that my professional career could be over. And now here he is on top of this bridge. Came up short, but made a very, very good run at it at the PGA yeah. Championship. And I think there's an appreciation now that wasn't there before. There's a there's a likability there that wasn't there is. It wasn't there before, just with his own peers. The way he's more engaging with them. He's he's more willing to to give advice or or. I can remember Mackenzie Hughes at the Players' Championship when he, when he played with him, just kind of guiding him around, mm -hmm. knowing that he was nervous, putting his arm around him, just trying to make him feel welcome. You'd never see that 10 or 15 years ago. So this, in a lot of ways, is a new Tiger. But I think being more willing to let fans in, he also kind of showed his vulnerabilities mm -hmm. this year. The narrative for a lot of the years was, boy, did Tiger forget how to win? Or does he need to relearn how to do that. He'd had some Sundays that were forgettable, whether it was in Valspar laying up off the tee there or what he did at the Open Championship they where he the faltered on when he 11 and 12. So there was certainly some frailties that he did show that they give you a little bit of pause going forward. He didn't play particularly well down the stretch at Eastlake either uh, when he was going to win number 80. So those are, those are great problems to have yeah. if you're a Tiger because he probably never would have expected that he can even be in a position to win again. But those are certainly things that you could keep an eye on. Turns out, turns out that Tiger Woods is human, and it turns out we like him just as much, maybe more, when he is. Tiger more, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Tiger Woods aside, which you know, how do you that's ever a, that's say a, that is a big aside? How yeah. do you ever say Tiger Woods aside? Let's get into some other um, newsmakers of the year. When we're rounding out a top ten, where should we go? Who should we discuss? I mean, you know, you've got Justin Rose, Brooks Kepka, the Ryder Cup. I mean, there's a lot of there are a lot of Heavy topics out there, aren't there? Where, which which way you want to go? How about Phil? How about Tiger's yeah, match match partner? Well, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be Phil. Oh, yeah. It's got to be Phil. I mean, I think Phil is second for a lot of different reasons. I mean, unlike Tiger, 
Phil made just as many headlines for what he did off the course as he did on the course. Yes. Most bizarre year of a very bizarre career. Yes, bizarre. I mean, winning in Mexico, again, the highest of highs for him at against his Justin age. Against Justin Thomas. Yeah, against Justin Thomas. To do it in the way he did, probably at a point in his career when most people, including myself, probably thought that, no, he wasn't going to get it done again. Now, fast forward to Shinnecock and whatever it is he did there. I mean, I still, think, I, I still think there's still confusion. I mean, I don't think anybody's certain. I mean, you're talking about a man who... Look, he will do some crazy things from time to time, but yeah. you've never questioned his respect for the game, and, and that was, in a lot of ways, very, very disrespectful yeah. on he a lot of different levels. Mind. He lost his mind. and it, He still hasn't given us a very good reason why. Then go to the Ryder Cup where he clearly was the de facto captain. I mean, let, let's don't try to hide from him. I mean, he's calling a lot of shots in that team room now, and they didn't play out very well. I mean, there's a lot of reasons he made headlines this year. Yeah, I think this was kind of the year that, he made some concessions. I think he conceded maybe in his own mind, and certainly to anyone watching on TV, that he's never going to win a U.S. Open. I think that, that <laughs> dream is gone. I think he realized that, and he, and he just snapped. Don't think the golf guy's going to let I, that happen. I think, I think he, just, he was just broken, mm -hmm. and that's, that's the end of his U.S. Open dream. I think he conceded at the Ryder Cup that this is probably his last one, and it's probably better off. <laughs> I think he's, he's, a, he's a great influence in the team room. People like to be around him. He's clearly a smart guy who knows a lot about strategy. Have him in that role, but I think he conceded at the Ryder Cup going winless as he did, admitting afterward that he shouldn't be playing that type of golf course ever again with the narrow fairways and thick rough. I think in a lot of ways he conceded that this is the end of an era for Phil and he needs to start looking forward to the next chapter of his life mm -hmm. and career. And he got on Twitter. Let's don't forget that. You and and he Twitter. jumped on Twitter to he a did. huge band, you know, to a lot of fanfare. So he, it was a very eventful year for In a lot of ways, too, you know, too. which is which oh, crazy. Is here we are in, in, you know, the end of 2018, and we're still talking about Tiger and Phil being the guys at the, the top of the list, just like it's been every year. And, you know, and it's still, and it's, it, but even in those conversations, it's still Phil chasing Tiger, right? Yep. <laughs> Phil wins at Mexico. It, it's not. It's chasing. a big and it's a it's a big deal. It's not a competition. It's Tiger not a competition. Him once no, again. yeah, right. It's not a competition. But Tiger continues to overshadow Phil, no matter what, no matter when, no matter what year it is. It's just kind of the way it is, and it's just kind of the way it's always going to be. Two weeks after Phil right. wins in Mexico, Tiger makes a run at Valspar. <laughs> that was a bigger deal than, than <laughs> Phil winning in Mexico. It's like anything you can do. I was at both. Continue to do yeah, better. It's, it's very much a bigger deal. All right, where else we want to go? We don't have to have, necessarily have to go in no, order. How about, how about the player of the year? No, no respect no, for Brooks. I'm, this is I, this I'm, is exactly why Brooks Kepka uh, hates the media. So you saying? Brooks Kepka thinks he is the one and only newsmaker in 2018. This was a huge year, Rex. Keep in mind, this is a guy who sat out for the first what three months of the season, three and a half months, for, didn't play the Masters because of a wrist injury that he thought potentially could be mm -hmm. career-threatening. To do what he did. Was, was just amazing and really portends well for the future because this is a guy with a macho game with a chip the size of Florida on his shoulder who you can really expect some big things from. Well, and I have Brooks third on my list. I mean, and you're right. Maybe that's wrong. what's wrong with the media. I'm not quite sure. For all of those reasons, this you is said, a, This is a motivation for 2019. He should have gotten player of the year and comeback player of the year. It's an absolutely amazing story. He watched the Masters from the couch. And, I think and, Tiger would uh, uh, have then, something to say about the comeback player. Uh, of the year. I, think, I think it would be closer than what you think. Uh, but the part that gets me about Brooks is, and the reason he's third on my list, and yes, he did all of these incredible things, and he wins two majors, but you look at it from 30,000 feet, and we're always trying to compare players to Tiger Woods, right? Like, he's the next Tiger Woods. 
Brooks is Tiger Woods. He's just a bigger, stronger, faster version of Tiger Woods. He, he's like LeBron to, to Michael Jordan. Less charismatic version of Tiger Woods as well. Uh, sure. I mean, look, he's not going to make headlines. I mean, maybe that's why we get hung up on this. But if you look at it from just a pure talent point of view, from a production point of view, bigger, faster, stronger version of Tiger Woods. This is what he does better. Like, he learned from Tiger. He wants to be a better athlete. He wants to go out and do the game better. I don't see any drop-off in his game. You just look at his major performance. Yeah, right. He's not going anywhere. He only yeah. shows I mean, up is, in the big ones. Yes. And there's really nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's weird that he's won the CJ Cup now and he's won the Phoenix Open. Other than that, he's he's the biggest big game hunter in the game. Like, he only shows up for those big events. He has a game that's perfectly suited to the big events. He narrows his focus to the biggest events. He's not going anywhere. And if he can pick off one a year. Yeah, or right. One I, every I, other year. Or, probably, or one yeah. every other year. When all said and done in 10, 15 years, his resume is going to be awesome. One of the best of his generation. I just don't see a weakness in his game. I yeah. mean, we were probably having this exact same conversation about Rory just a few years ago, but you could see how Rory's putting just wasn't consistent enough. I don't see that. Brooks, Brooks is a great game. putter. Yeah. yeah. His, his wedges are excellent. He's a great iron player. He's clearly sharp between the ears. So in, ten, so in 10 years from now, I don't want to get off on this little tangent, but uh, so in 10 years from now, what's he going to have six, seven majors and 10 tour events? <laughs> He's going to win majors. mostly only tour events and, or mostly only majors and no tour events? His, his resume in the Hall of Fame. No, I, He's I, already he's in there. the Hall I think of Fame. he's yeah. there now. Retief is a, the, the latest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd agree with that. <laughs> I, I think he's going to – it's, it's funny because Dustin Johnson has always overshadowed Brooks yep. Kapka and and, maybe until and, now. and Brooks was maybe just his little workout buddy in South Florida and and their friends. Not anymore. There is no comparison. Dustin Johnson's won a lot of FedEx St. Jude classics in his career, but he has one major victory, which still defies logic. That that's a yeah. different question. You can look at Dustin Johnson's game and you can see some potential weaknesses. You look at Brooks Kepka's game, which is very similar, but it's more well rounded, and he seems to play the majors better, which is why I think in Five, 10, 15 years, the resumes won't even, won't even compare. And Dustin Johnson's obviously a great player. Yeah, the number one in the world for. And what we're looking for here, and this, this, this kind of leads to the debate that we always, you guys want to see how the sausage is made, and it's not always pretty. <laughs> that, look, this is about who, who, this is newsmakers. This is who made the most headlines. And we can yeah. sit here and say that Brooks had a phenomenal year. We don't want to ignore that. Fact of the matter is, he didn't probably make the most headlines of all the players that are out there. I would say DeChambeau. He doesn't want to make the headlines. Yeah, right. absolutely. I would say Bryson DeChambeau is probably it. He's, made, he's certainly made. I mean, just winning. Uh-huh. like he did in the playoffs, winning three times last season. I think all those things factor into it. But he's constantly You're making always something. headlines yep. about, for all the wrong he's reasons sometimes. It, but everything. Something. And that's, yeah. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> when did, I mean, when did tour players start thinking about the C-O-R, C-O-R of a of flag, the flag stick? stick? <laughs> I mean, when does that ever come up? I mean, usually your eyes roll back when they mention C-O-R of the driver, and that's a real thing. Like, suddenly you're trying to figure out how the ball is going to come off a fly stick. Only Bryson. This is also right. the same guy who weighs his golf balls in, in Epsom salts. Uh, so I think, <laughs> I think that's kind of just the Bryson package. But I think he's gone from being a novelty act. I think, I think the John Deere Classic win in 2017 was, was, was validation that, that his quirky methods, his unorthodox methods work. And then I think this year he elevated into the upper echelon of golf. There's, there's, no, there's no doubt that what he's doing works and will continue to work, and he's such a player who's driven by self-belief mm -hmm. that now he has every reason to believe that he belongs Correct. on the PGA Tour and that he's on the right track. That should be scary for the rest of the, and, of the game's elite. And, and I'm fascinated by this because he goes from the, the you know winning those two in the playoffs, and just, what, two weeks before that, 
at the Open Championship, meltdown. he meltdown. has an epic meltdown on the range that's there for the whole world to see. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we asked him about it for back-to-back -back weeks, and he was kind of baffled because it's, in his mind, this is the process. Yeah. Yeah. This, this yeah. is the this process. This is what needed to happen for me to yeah. get where I am. Exactly. He goes, this is how I get where I am. I have to go through these times where I'm having these meltdowns. And, I mean, we're in store of, for 20 years of this, of these epic meltdowns followed by back-to-back. No -back one's going to outwork him. No one's going to outwork him. No one's, apparently, no, I can't imagine anyone outthinking him. I mean, he's he's always been he's always been a great ball striker. I covered him in college and amateur golf. And 2015 at U.S. Amateur was one of the best ball striking displays I've ever seen. Pro amateur men, women, whatever the case is, it was extraordinary. The difference in his game now is that he's learned how to putt. Yep. And he's learned how to putt consistently. It looks a little despite the U.S. looks a little weird. Way. Yes. Despite the U.S. This is a guy who was doing side saddle. Yes. That's how almost two years how ago. Sorts he was. Yes. And now he's he runs it up his his left arm, and it looks kind of weird, but he gets the ball in the hole. He knows how to measure the slope on the greens. Like, this is a guy who's, who's going to put in the time to figure it out, and if things aren't going well, he's going to work his way out of it. There's just, there's just no doubt in his mind that he can do it now. After he tosses a few clubs, sure. which, which I like. I like a little personality. All right, don't we have to, I think somewhere, everybody that we've talked about so far played in the Ryder Cup. Yes. Which was a cluster. If you're on one side, if you're on the other, but that's got to be pretty. Bjorn would say it was a yeah, thing of beauty. Let's get Frankie Molinari on the horn. Plenty of plenty of headlines out of that before, during, and after where they're not. Yeah, I mean that's just that's the gift that keeps on giving. Sure. Even 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 during President's Cup years, all we can talk about is how this is going to build towards. But we knew it was going to be this way. We sat at the same table a year ago, and what what are going to be the biggest headlines next year? Well, we knew, but did we know? Well, right, but did we know it was going to be this much of a Disaster? No. no, no, and I, I think, think so. that's the part. I, mean, well, I don't think the Americans thought it was going to be a disaster. No, it, because you look at the expectations for the American team; they had just absolutely destroyed the international team at the Presidents' Cup. Almost finished that thing off on Saturday. This was supposed to be the best American team ever, and yet they came out and really just got their butts handed to them. And look, it was on a golf course. I'll give Thomas Bjorn and the Europeans credit that was set up perfectly. For their team, if they just played like Hazeltine was set up perfectly for absolutely. the Americans. Absolutely, if they played a stroke play yeah. event at La Golf National under those conditions, ten out of twelve Americans would have lost the cut. The only ones who probably would have made the cut are the four assistant captains. Let's be honest, they <laughs> yes. had they had Zach, a better game perfect, for that golf course. Perfect course for Zach Johnson. For Zach Johnson, <laughs> Matt Kuchar, Jim Furyk. I mean, it was perfect for them. Stricker, absolutely. So uh, all of those things factor into it, but it was the dysfunction in the team room that just blows you away. All right, you 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 got your butt handed to you. But somehow you guys are just going to come unglued. Yeah. I guess Patrick Reed would be the person we would say would just come unglued about all of this little thing, all of these little things that go on inside the team room that normally we don't hear about. This was supposed to be the the next generation that's that's tighter, and they've they've right. grown up playing junior no scar college tissue. golf together, no scar tissue, and then you get to the Ryder Cup, and it it was like they started nipping at each other's throats again. Like it was, it just came out of nowhere just because of all the good vibes that we've seen over the last couple of years, and I think it all boils down to Patrick Reed wanting to play with Spieth. Spieth clearly was, was done with that relationship, and it's hard to blame Jordan Spieth. You think about the situation he was thrown into in 2014. Patrick Reed at that point was very much a lone wolf, didn't have a whole lot of friends on tour. Tom Watson said, you take him. And it worked out. And it worked out, and Spieth got stuck. They had success, but there was the weird dynamic there of wanting to beat each other, yeah. which just isn't healthy. Let's be honest. It's After a just while, not healthy it gets old dynamic. quick. Yes. Right? So you can't blame Jordan Spieth for wanting other partners. It's not like they stuck Patrick Reed with number 150 on the FedEx stuck Cup Stuck him list. with his idol. It, with, a, with his idol. He should have been running through a wall for Tiger. Instead, 
he kind of threw him under the bus afterward. He played horribly. They were they were a, a horrible team together. And now you have a situation where for the President's Cup in 2019, the Ryder Cup in 2020, Patrick Reed better hope that he qualifies on his own. I would think Because so. there's not going to be a whole lot of people stumping for him to get a captain's pick after I his mean, selfish display. He went from Captain America to the scapegoat. Yep. Let's face it. I mean, it, it was not a very – it wasn't a good look. It's a bad transition for him. And, and it's baffling to me, as you pointed out. Look, Europe, the Europeans had the exact same problems. They had to find someone to put Jim, John Rahm with. He is not a popular player in that team room. That's pretty well known. Rory McIlroy was gladly stood up, and I'll take him under my wing. I'll do what needs to be done. Somehow they're able to make these personality conflicts work, and the Americans can't. And the one thing that surprises me the most is I really thought Jim Furyk was going to be one of the best captains Agreed. of our generation. And he made wrong decision after wrong decision after wrong decision, starting out as captain's picks and all the way through. I said it to, to you guys there. I'll say it here. It's I don't know why, but I just thought that a guy with a 10, 20, and 3 career Ryder Cup record was going to do a better job as a captain. And I realize that that's a me problem. Yeah. <laughs> because that's, that's a, a lot of bad. a very low bar for success. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just kind of thought it was going to be better. And that not a whole lot surprises me anymore. It really surprised me how much of a cluster the Americans were that way. It really did. Not that they lost. Um but just how they lost and how ugly, it really, truly surprised me. Jim Furyk, he, he needs to shoulder a lot of the blame. That's, that's, the, captain's, that's the captain's job. He's a very smart guy. Too much guy. blame and loss, too much I, credit. I, 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 I very much like him. I thought he did a great job in explaining a lot of his decisions. The explan explanations just made absolutely no sense. Yeah, that's right, the problem. Right, like right. he was, I thought he was great in the in the media sure, tent with sure. us, like explaining him. Yeah, those explanations just sure. didn't make <laughs> sense. I picked him apart completely <laughs> after he put Phil in foursomes. There is no explanation yeah, under the justify. sun that you could justify putting him out there. Yeah. And he tried. <laughs> he tried to justify it. It was just, it was just the wrong decision. And he said that he would do it all, all over again, which which was and that was it to, to double say. down afterwards. Yeah. It was like, oh Jim, what are you? Yeah. In a doing, weird buddy? way, this is the culture that they built. Look, this, this was born from Tom Watson and Phil Mickelson and the task force and everything. The players wanted greater voice. I think we've seen the extreme end of that now, where you have so many players with so many voices and so many opinions. No one is a soldier anymore. No one's willing to just take an order and go out and do it. Everybody wants to have input. Patrick Reed being point. the example here. Phil Mickelson being the example. He is clearly the default leader in that, that team room, and he made a lot of decisions for Jim Furyk that probably were bad decisions, and now Furyk has to live with them. This is the extreme example of that. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, in 2020, they're going to be heavy favorites again, and they'll they'll beat the Europeans because the fairways there are going to be 80 yards wide. And, and then we'll, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll be back in this, the same to, song and dance yeah, for 2022 in Rome. If you talk to Harrington, he would argue that, look, Whistling Straits is a little bit more of a European setup. I don't know if we're going to get those dramatic setup swings that we got from Hazeltine National to La Golf National. All right, where else are we going to go? we got a pretty solid top five-ish. Just throw out some other. Uh, well, I mean, if you kind of go down the list, the, the new tour schedule, and I know yeah. that comes into effect this year, but certainly it was a hot topic going through the season. I mean, if you start with the players moving back to March, PGA moving to May, those are two huge uh, transitions right the there. now being the last major, which is a little, yeah, bit, it's gonna be a little bit odd. Yeah. And everything's just more condensed. You essentially have the same number of events, but everything's more condensed, and it, it, it ends at the tour championship, and that is just going to be nuts. In, in late August. Yeah, in late August, and it's going to be a handicap event, and I, I don't know 
what the public reaction is going to be to that. But I know all we're, I'm going to know the public reaction to the announcement, <laughs> and, it's yeah. not, and it's not very good. <laughs> all I, I know what I'm going to be doing on Sunday afternoon at Eastlake next year is a, is a bunch of math, trying to yeah. figure out, well, who should be winning this? Yeah. And, and that's not, it's not going to be a good look for the tour. It's going to take them a while to tinker with this and get it right. But I also think we need to just stop too. thinking of it as a tournament, which is, which is where the tour is aired because it is still a tournament. Right. It's still going to count as a tournament win. Mm -hmm. That's where they aired. Just call it a FedEx Cup shootout yeah. at the end of the year. Say, don't make it an official win. Just say, this is our shootout. And I think people would grasp that more easily. The fact that you're calling it an official win, but that guy's not necessarily shooting yeah. the lowest score for that week, just doesn't add up. But I, so I think the Tour Championship is certainly going to be interesting to watch. I, I just don't like the fact that that's an official win. I, I think the idea is okay. Yeah. I think the execution it's just take is not some getting used great. To it. Well, and, and players are going to have they're, they're going to need a couple seasons to wrap their mind yeah. around this because you you have so many big events that are now crammed into a much much shorter window, and what you're going to end up with is two weeks on, a week off, three weeks on, a week off, and I think what you're going to end up seeing down the road is players picking and choosing a little bit more carefully. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be surprised if those traditional stops for the top players start taking hits, and even those could be WGCs. Simply because you're not going to prepare for the four tournaments that matter, and they still matter, and you can put the five. Yeah, five with the players in there. The five tournaments that matter, you're, you're going to look at those five and figure out the best way to prepare for them, regardless Correct. of what's around them. I think Correct. that's what they're, where they're going to end up eventually. Right. Yeah. Who, who, who usually doesn't play before but has to play the week before that? Who refuses to play two leading into it? It's going it's to matter after as a much major now. now. Correct. It's going to matter as much now as, it, as it's ever mattered. I, I, do, I do like the flow. Yeah. Of having a, a big event every I month. I like the idea of it finishing before football when golf fans yeah. traditionally are turning off. I don't like going from the Open to Memphis. That That's one part I don't like. <laughs> you are going to get pneumonia. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Good luck with that, Rexy. Let me know how it you goes. You can't pack for those two extremes. I'm <laughs> no. sorry. You just can't do it with one back. You have anything else? Lav, what else? I mean, I've got a list of actually I, I thought throw out I there, thought though. one, I thought this year, I'm not sure if we've reached the, tip, the tipping point or if we're getting close to reaching the tipping point. For me, it's driving distance. Mm. The fact, and I think Cam, Cam Champ coming on the PGA Tour, hitting it 350 routinely off every single par four, I think uh, was kind of eye-opening. The season started with Dustin Johnson in Kapalua driving a, a par four. Right. What was it, 440? I believe that par four was. And Brandel calling Down it. went downhill. Brandle calling it the, the greatest drive yeah. uh, in the history of the PGA Tour. I think this year in particular, driving distance it felt like it was a it felt like it was more at the top of mind than it has been and i th and i think you're reaching a point now where if every par 4 is just wailing wing on driver and and hitting a wedge into the green the the monotony of that i think is starting to weigh on golf fans minds more than it has in in the past Right, I know you disagree strongly. With no, this. no, no. I mean, my thoughts on driving distance are different from yours, but as it applies to newsmakers, I, I kind of rolled everything under one USGA window. Okay. Because with the, with the new rules, driving distance, that the green reading material decisions, the it's new going, rules coming out next year, like yeah, Jan sort of a US January first, okay. all, all that, and what happened at Shinnecock. I mean, there's a bunch of things where you Just can look. USGA. The USGA did not have a great year. I mean, they, they didn't which get... Which is a, a very evergreen comment. Yes, they didn't get Shinnecock right again, which is amazing. I mean, that, that, how do you mess it up two again. times in a row? Again. It's a very, very straightforward thing. And, and no, I think driving distance is an issue. I don't know that you and I agree on the outcome, which would, in your yeah, mind... I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the solution is. Yeah, right. I'm not sure bivocation is a good idea. No, it's not. Rollback doesn't seem... Yeah. Uh, who, like, who wants, to see, who wants to see Dustin Johnson hit a 280? Nobody. And, and that's my point. Are you not entertained? 
Like, all right, it's ne like, I don't know. Enter entertainment I, and a test of skill are two different things. I don't. I still think it's a test of skill. I think that's a ridiculous comment. Uh, I don't. But you and I play golf, and it's not a problem. You and I aren't hitting the ball too far. It's not the game's not boring for us. Point zero zero. Exactly do not hit it too far. Point zero 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 two percent of the public are professional golfers. It, so why don't you buy it? Might be a problem for them. That seems to me the only way to go, and I just don't see it happening. Why not? I, I just think the way the rules of the game, the history of the game. We've always played the same courses, amateurs, pros alike. We've always played the same equipment, amateurs, pros alike. I think to put a divide between those two would be a, a step too big. If not for the USGA, then definitely for the RNA. You don't like the metal bat or the aluminum bat, wood bat? I think it's a good example, and you can also find a similar example when it comes to uh, tennis. I mean, they slowed the ball down in tennis because the serves were getting out of hand. And again, it, in my mind, it's the mo most it's the easiest option, it's the low-hanging fruit, but by that same token, USGA might go for it, RNA is never going for it. I mean, what, what can ha what should happen and what can't will happen yeah, are two different, two different questions things. here. What's, what's the hardest thing to do in golf? Uh, well, six <laughs> foot. You're, you're asking the wrong person. Six foot or above the hill? Hit a, <laughs> <laughs> you guys chipping, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a hundred, hundred, hundred yard wedge shot, I'm not, I'm not sure what your answer is gonna be. The, the correct answer, of course, is hitting a long and straight drive. And that skill has been diminished through technology. You look at PJ Tour setups, if there's no rough, guys are just hitting driver 14 times. They're hitting it all over the lot. Then they're hitting wedges over trees. There are plenty of examples of where that's not the case. I mean, we could sit here and have this debate forever. There are plenty of examples. The 10th hole at Riviera is still one of the best holes on the PGA Tour. And everybody on tour can drive it, and no one tries to because it's such a well-designed hole that you're better off laying back in the fairway and trying to hit a wedge on the green or whatever. It's just one hole. But it's one hole of a 46 events. We don't need bifurcation or rollback or new rules. We just need better designed tour courses is my argument. That's going to take a long time to implement. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got a few other throw before we, we wrap this up here. We've been going at it for oh, 30 minutes or so, but a couple other ones. Mercer Bagster, and how about head scratchers? Spieth, Day, McElroy, Fowler, Garcia. I'm just throwing names out there. I mean, at least, yeah. at least Day and Day Rory won. won. One, at least. You know, speed. Speed, speed to me was a, it was a huge well, That was a scratcher. disappointment. You, we also have to talk about, you know, Francesco Molinari had the summer of all summers. I know not, not necessarily quite, yeah. super sexy. And then him and Fleetwood, how they were. Um, Romantically involved at the yeah, Ryder Cup. I mean, yeah. that was, that was terrific. Fun. The yeah, Europeans they are, are fun. They are fun. Every year. They, they're, 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 they're more enjoyable in defeat and certainly more enjoyable yes. in victory. You know, and you talk about, you talked, we talked about Bryson, but also th there were, what were there, four three time tour winners this year Bubba, JT, Bryson, and DJ? Sounds yes. Right? I mean, that's, I, I'm just, just yeah, sort I thought, of spitballing here. I thought Spieth was kind of, I thought Spieth was a big story. I beginning, would agree. beginning the year with mono and kind of getting off on For the For reasons I didn't there. think would be. <laughs> getting, getting engaged and perhaps the, his impending nuptials was on his mind. He clearly developed some some harrowing version of of the putting yips uh, for the majority of 2018. I think when you look statistically, him declining in every single statistical category, every single one was something I didn't see because it's he's baffling. Been, he's been so great for so long. I think he'll get yeah, it back, I but too. I think at least he's now too there's, young not to, there's, but there's there's questions of where he fits in now with the modern game against these big brawny hitters. Yeah. 
Is that all you have to ditto? ditto. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I mean, well, Jordan is Jordan is an interesting case study in my mind because when when he's on, when he's putting well, we we've seen what he can do. I mean, he can be an absolutely dominant player, and yet once the putting got off a little bit, he he struggled to get it back. And I'm not saying that he won't get it back, but it's I think been, it's been a year and a half now that he. I has think it's going, it's an well. indication of what we can expect from him in his career. To be fair that I don't see him. Brooks Kepka, I can see being dominant for the next 10 years. I can't see Jordan Spieth being dominant consistently every year, year in and year out for the next 10 he, years. He needs to be perfect, and it seems now yeah. that putting has almost become mental with him. He, he can talk as much as he wants about his, his eye lines and his hand position and his, his ball position and his stance, but you just want to shake him and say, Jordan, you've been an amazing putter your entire yeah, you're life. Spieth, dude. You are Jordan Spieth. You are one of the greatest putters we've ever seen. We'll figure it out. Just go back to what feels right. Don't be thinking about your ball position in your in your eye line. Just just think about it and just just go. Just go. And look, as it applies to Ricky Fowler, he's one of the most entertaining pros out there, one of the nicest guys out there. But what are your expectations for Ricky Fowler? I don't know. Do you expect him to win three times a year? Because well, that ain't happening. It happened in 2015. Not on a regular basis is my and point. If, no. you, if you went to, here's the thing too, if you went, and I know the answer to this, but if you went to anybody outside of golf circles, maybe a lot in golf circles, and you showed them a picture of Ricky and a picture of Bryson and asked them to pick pitch who's got more wins. Who's won more? <laughs> They're picking the wrong person. Bryson has as many wins in the last five months as Ricky has in his entire PGA Tour. Yeah, but who sells more hats? Bryson. I'm not sure. <laughs> no one's buying those stupid hats. <laughs> I, I know what I'm not getting you for Christmas. <laughs> I have one. All right. So now that we're done, I expect you each to uh, write me a top ten list and uh, and submit it for. Uh, oh, this this for, podcast yeah. doesn't count. All right. All right. That's it. Make sure you visit GolfChannel.com in December to see all the top ten newsmakers for 2018. For Rex and Ryan, I'm Jay Coffin. Thanks for watching this Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. For more Golf Channel podcast. Visit golfchannel.com slash podcast or subscribe via most podcast providers. We will see you next time. Happy New Year. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.